Good morning. Thank you for joining me. My name is Jeremy. This is the Spirit Mind Body Podcast, and um, I am a born again follower of Jesus. I'm a husband, a father. I am a worship leader and an elder at the Church of Wisconsin, and I am blessed to be able to study the Word and encourage you this morning. Um, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, we'll dig right in here. Today we are studying Genesis 19 through 20 and Mark 3, 22 through 4, 9. The, uh, the Bible verses that we are studying are always in the description as well as tomorrow's verses. So um, just jumping right in here, uh, chapter 19, we're continuing the story of Abraham and um, God bringing him into the fullness of his blessing and his covenant, his promise to Abraham. Uh, Abram, who became Abraham, and now uh, Abraham, he 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 and Sarah, uh, they spoke to the three angels. Two of those angels went off to Sodom, and that is where we are now. Um, uh, Abraham had spoken to try to convince the angels that if they could find. 50 then 45 then 40 and you know just down down the line to even down to 10 righteous people that they would not destroy Sodom and God said yes if I can find 10 I won't destroy it we're going to find out that that was not able to be done um, so it, as we see here those two angels they come into Sodom it's in the evening and Lot was sitting there doesn't say he was waiting for them but it says he was sitting at the gate of Sodom when he saw them, he, he rose to meet them. He bowed and he said, come like, come into my house, spend the night at my house. Immediately was urging them to spend the night. I don't think that Lot knew that these were angels of the Lord. I think he just thought that they were men. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. It just says that, uh, he says, he says, come and, and spend the night. I'll, you know, you can wash your feet and leave early. And they said, no, we're going to spend the night in the open square. He insisted. And so they came to his house and he, he cooked them some food. And very quickly we see that all of the men, it says in uh, verse five, um, eh, verse four, before they lay down, which is Lot and these men and the people of his household, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men you came to that who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. Now, we know from chapters ago that Sodom was a place of evil. And this, we are seeing the fullness of that evil, that there's this, in, in, the, mind of these, in the minds of these men of Sodom, this is fresh meat. There's two new guys in town, and we're going to know them carnally. And and just think of the depravity, the level of depravity that you have to get to 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 for that to be um, your m modus operandi. You know, like your 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 in your intention to just know random strange men carnally. Um, it's it's just amazing to me. And um, lot goes and says no you know please don't do this this is wicked he offers his two daughters to these men so that they could would take them instead of the the men that were staying with him which that's a hard one for me that's a hard one for me and i will 
admit and confess, I do not understand how a man could get to that point that he would offer his daughters that way. I don't get it. I don't get it. But this is what he does. He's to that level of trying to defend these two men who are staying with him, that he's willing to do this. But the men of the city say, no, we're going to take, we're going to take them. And who are you to tell us what to do? We're going to, we're going to have our way with you as well and do what we want to do with you as well. I, I think, let me see, what does he say here? Um, um, oh, I can't remember what they said here. Uh, stand back. This one came in to stay here. They're talking about Lot right now, the, the men of the city. Um, this one came to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse than with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door, but the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. Um, so these two angels then strike the men of the city with blindness and they just keep groping for the door they're they they they, they continuously were you know are, are trying to find a uh, lot in these two men so it, it's just it's gross it's a grotesque um picture of the depravity of sin um and but then you think of the state of the world our nation you know and it's not too far-fetched you know the level especially sexual uh, sin and depravity is just, it's become, um, so just out there. It is, it is just, it, it, people just do what's right in their own eyes and, um, what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And, and so it's kind of just, it's just, uh, in, in an intense level of sin. And, um, and so these, these two angels who are here, they basically, they've probably already known this ahead of time, but they have made up their mind. Uh, this, the city's going to be destroyed. Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be destroyed. The plains, um, even, I think it says even the, uh, the, the, the beasts on the, in the field or whatever, like in it, the things that are growing there or whatever. And, um, so lot, you got to take your family and go lots, two sons-in-law basically think he's joking and they were from Sodom, I think is if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and it is just, it is just, um, it's a shame and the Lord is being merciful to Lot and his family and the angels specifically tell Lot and his family, do not look behind you, do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain, escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. It is an explicit direction not to look back. And we know the story. They're heading out. Lot's wife looks back and she's turned into a pillar of salt. And <clears throat> the cities get destroyed. And Abraham sees the, the smoke from, from afar off. And I, that looking back, um, it, it reminded me immediately when I was reading that of uh, Luke, it's Luke 9.62, and I'll just read that verse. Um, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. It's it's not the same application. You know, this was, this was the Lord's wrath and destruction on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, you know, that was, it was in that context, it was just the, the punishment for their sin. But um, I just think of 
that that looking back that our flesh wants to do. We like to look back and see. I think of the Israelites too when they're leaving, uh, uh, when they when they've left Egypt and they in, almost immediately they go, oh, we're not going to have cucumbers and melons and fish and you know whatever. And it's like you've you've just been rescued by the Lord in a miraculous way and you're worrying about cucumbers you know it's just it's just amazing to me and it's easy for us to go like you silly people but then we're part of that group of silly people too sometimes we're um instead of looking ahead to what the lord has for us we look back at you know what our flesh desires or or what we thought were the glory days or whatever it might be so moving ahead <clears throat> in chapter 20 um uh, we continue to see Abraham's uh, journey and uh, a very familiar series of events. Now, instead of with Egypt, this is with uh, Abimelech, and he, uh, Abraham, take tells Sarah, "Tell him you're my sister, and you know, you you tell them I'm your brother." And Abimelech takes Sarah. She's beautiful, and it's it's almost the same thing except for this time the Lord strikes Abimelech in his household and comes to him in a in a dream and says, you know, you're going to be judged. And Abimelech says, I have a clear conscience. Take your wife back. And God uses this situation then to bless Abraham with, uh, you know, an increase of possessions, oxen and animals and servants and I think a thousand pieces of silver. And so there's, there's an increase to Abraham um, through a strange, a strange set of circumstances but um uh but the lord uses it and the lord just he he works in these in these ways so so he does that <clears throat> and uh and we see the again just that that journey of of abraham continue now moving ahead to mark chapter 3 verses 21 through 4 9 um <clears throat> jesus is still being um, attacked by the Pharisees or scrutinized and, and they, they, they just, they're trying to get everything and anything that they can on him. And he's casting out demons. And, uh, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said he has Beelzebub and by the ruler of demons, he casts out the demons. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to, to deny their accusations, but there's also in in uh, verses 23 through 27 it, there's a there's a multitude of spiritual applications here that I'll, I'll just speak on briefly um 23 it says so he called to them um uh, they so he called them to himself and said to them in parables how can satan cast out satan if a kingdom is, is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand and if a house is divided against itself that house cannot stand and if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. So he's, in these verses, he's defending, like, I'm not casting out demons by Satan, by demons. He's, he's making that point. But he's also indirectly showing them a picture of what unity is. And uh, I know that we talked about that in the past, um, that true true unity comes by the spirit one mind and one spirit um but he's he's without saying it he's reiterating this that that 
a house stands united. You don't you don't go against the other members of your household. And, uh, and then continuing on into twenty seven, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. That he and then he will plunder his house. So again, he's he's showing like that there's a process to breaking down um, a, a man or an entity or whatever it may be here. But I think that there's also uh, a, a future application of this. You know, he's he's denying the allegations that they're that they're bringing against him certainly, but he's also showing um, a spiritual application of it's not just a <clears throat> it's not just a, a spiritual attack that comes at one point and uh, a strong and he uses the term strong man. A strong man is able to defend himself against attackers, against robbers. He's making the point that you can't just take a strong man's stuff without first binding the strong man. So there's a process to our spiritual walk where we have to prevent ourselves from being bound. Um, we can't, the blessings and the, and the authority and all of these things that, that the Lord has, has given to us by his spirit are not something that they can just be robbed from us unless we allow ourselves to be bound. Think of uh, Samson, you know, being bound uh, after he had his hair cut, you know, he, he was a strong man and he allowed himself to be bound. And then the spirit of God left him, you know, when, when his hair, when his hair was cut and, uh, he didn't know it, you know, it's, it's this, this, this process of, of how it goes. It's not just, it's not just all at once. Um, so then verses 28 through 30, we see this, uh, the unpardonable sin blasphemy of the Holy spirit that has, been the topic of many conversations and debates on what exactly that is. Um, I know many have said, and and to some extent, I mean, rationally speaking, I think that it could be that an unforgivable sin would be just that which is not repented of, you know, so an unrepentant, hardened heart. Um, could that be blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Um, it could be. It could be. Um, I don't know that I'm convinced of that. Um, and, and verse 30 is, is the reason why it's, it's, so I'm just going to read these three verses. It says, assuredly, I say, this is Jesus speaking. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men and whatever blasphemies they, uh, they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. That, that verse 30 is giving a why because they said he has an unclean spirit. They are calling the Holy Spirit in Christ a demon. And and so it could be that that the application in context is is that these people who have Jesus the Messiah in front of them um who has the Holy Spirit the work of, you know, the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit um in him and through him, uh, they're saying that you've got a demon in you, and 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 so that that statement against the Holy Spirit and that hardness against the Holy Spirit may be, you know, this this uh, sin that's not going to be forgiven but has eternal condemnation. Um, regardless of which way you look at this, 
we can see that there's a the, that there's a principle of hardness and unrepentance and rejection of who Christ is that you know if we don't if someone doesn't accept Christ if someone doesn't have a repentance repentant heart uh, they they won't be able to be forgiven you know it's it's just a rejection of of that gift that God brings to us through Christ so and then finishing off uh, the third uh, chapter here um, they say something, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he says, Jesus is, who's my mother and my brothers? Look around you. These are my, this is my brother and my sister and my mother. And uh, he's just talking about the people in his circle, in his group, his, 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 his disciples, his followers. And this is something that um, I can say that I'm blessed to have a church family and to know that my church family isn't just the people it's not just the people that I fellowship with at our local congregation, but it is the entire body of Christ. Those are my brothers and sisters. That's my family in Christ. And I can say that it is a blessing when you come to the realization of how real that family is, that it is, that it is in, in, a, in a large sense a more real and certain and loving family than we could even experience through biological, you know, blood relationships here on, on earth, just the natural, natural family structure, because it is, it is a family that is under the blood of Christ and by the blood of Christ and that we're joint heirs with Christ. And we share something that, that isn't of this earth, that we share something that's eternal. And so the bond that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ goes, goes beyond, uh, what we see is like, well, I was born in this house. This is my mom and dad. You know, like we, we share Christ. We share the, the, we have unity in the spirit, you know? So, so there's a blessing there. And, and Jesus is saying, this is my family. You are my family. Um, and then, uh, chapter four, one through nine, um, he's telling this, the, this parable of the sower and, you know, he's, you guys most likely know the story. If not, you go ahead and read it, uh, verses one through nine. But the seed is being sown on different ground, and uh, it comes with different results. Um, there's a couple things that I want to point out, and it is not the seed going here and the seed going here and the seed going here. Um, the first thing is the most important part of this parable, in my estimation is that we must sow seed. It's not always going to go on to the that good ground where where it it yields, you know, the 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 crop 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Some of it will, but not all of it will. And and so the and and that result actually is the second thing that I wanted to say about this is that the results are not up to us. The results are not up to the sower. Um, there's the, there's the scripture that says one man sows another one waters, but it's, it's the Lord that gives the increase. And, and so the most important thing that we have to remember is to sow seed, be, be under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, but sow seed. Don't, um, don't be stingy with the seed, you know, that the Lord's given you, um, because you may be. You may be um, missing out on that increase of thirty or sixty or a hundredfold, um, and then finally, just to end 
for today, uh, I wanted to speak on the power of prayer uh, and the importance of prayer. It, it's a simple, it's a simple encouragement, but please, you know, we talked the other day about the importance of reading scripture, reading Bible, reading the Bible, going through uh, what we're doing, studying and meditating, um, but praying, speaking to God and listening to God, listening for his voice. Um, it says pray without ceasing. We can pray. It is, it is a tremendous blessing that the Lord has given us to be able to speak to him at any time by his spirit with Christ as our intercessor, you know, um, uh, Christ is interceding for us, but, but praying to the father and, and, and bringing our petitions and our thankfulness and, and our, uh, sometimes just our utterances that we don't even know what we're praying for or how to pray for something, but we're just seeking him. It is a blessing to be able to do that, to go to God, but also to listen for his voice. And, um, that may sound weird to some people. Some people are going to know, oh yeah, listening for the Lord's voice. I'm not saying listening for an audible voice, but, but his, the, the, by this, by his spirit, he will, he will poke and he'll prod, he'll convict, he'll direct and lead, talk to that person, say something, you know, um, just by these, by these little urges and, 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 and stirrings that go on in us or senses of peace when we know we should move forward with something or not move forward with something or whatever, um, you may hear an audible voice from the Lord at some point. I have not ever heard that, but but I do know that I have heard from the Lord on things, and um, and it's a blessing to be able to know that we have that connection. Um, if you don't know how to pray, um, the Lord's Prayer is, it says you can pray like this. It doesn't mean praying that verbatim, but you can see um, praying praying to God, asking for forgiveness, you know, seeking Him and His will, and, and all of these things, you know, you can just go down, go down and, and uh, use that as a pattern of how to pray. And, and But just know that it's not about fancy words. It's not about um, uh, saying the right thing. You can stumble over things. I say um and ah all the time when I'm talking even to you guys. And so even with the Lord, he doesn't care. It's not about, it's not about presenting a, a pretty picture. It's about presenting a, 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 just a true and pure heart and and um being humble to him and and being willing to listen to him and so uh so that's all there is today guys i uh, appreciate you guys joining me and uh see you next time